Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At homethreads.com, Discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. I'm going to say, if you're enjoying wine, take your time. If you're trying to figure out what you like, take your time. Don't pop open the bottle and pour it in glass and chug. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Today we're going to be talking about wine with my friend from the internet, <laughs> Cash Day, Jackson Henderson. But before we dive into that... This is your weekly reminder that we have the very best, no joke, community on the internet, and we would love for you to join us. Yes, you guys, there is a free area that absolutely anyone can join with just an email address. And then there's a support group that gives you more access to recipe ideas, private Q&As with both of us, as well as exclusive episodes every single month and a quarterly cocktail hour with a humongous giveaway. That is called our supporting membership. Yes. And supporting members are getting that cocktail hour and huge quarterly giveaway this week's not too late to join. Not too late. But also, if you can't join our community or become a supporting member right now, you can always support Didn't I Just Feed You by leaving a rating or review or forwarding this episode on to someone who you feel like might enjoy listening to it. Or listen, just listen. Just keep listening. <laughs> That's like point of entry. Just don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Please, please. Uh, well, if anything, I feel like today's episode is a great one to keep you listening because we've only talked about wine one other time and it was kind of folded into this conversation about mom, wine culture, and sleepovers and breakfast food. We'll link to that episode in the show notes. But this is really like our first little dipping our toes into talking about wine on Didn't I Just Feed You. It is. And it's kind of crazy that it took this long. I feel like we talk about this a little bit, so I don't want to give spoilers away, but we talk about how we both feel a tiny bit insecure about our wine knowledge. And I feel like we've talked about cocktails a whole bunch, both in like the bonus episodes that go to our supporting members and also in the main feed. But like wine, just straight up wine. We're not talking about booze or cocktails or anything. And I feel like we have maybe the best guest ever for this conversation to happen in a very didn't I just feed you kind of way. 
Whew, I was mad. I was like, I was getting nervous that you didn't qualify that. Like all of our other guests were going to be mad. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Like no. this is the perfect wine expert to tackle wine in what I think of as a didn't I just feed you way, which really yes. it's a cachet way because it's her way. It just aligns with the didn't I just feed you way so perfectly. I love that you called it the cachet way because, you know, her Instagram handle is at the cachet life, as, at, which is the same name as her blog. And I feel like that's 100% like she's living her life that way. And she's also trying to teach other people how to live their life that way, whether it comes to lifestyle or wine. Yes. So, yes. You know what we didn't get to ask, though? What? How to pair wine and chicken nuggets? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, wait, it's honestly kind of a major oversight for us. I know. Like, what is the, the kid food? Like, what do you, what's the pairing? Stacey, okay. do you know? I or can am, you guess? Let's Google together. Okay. I love Googling together. So we did ask Cache to just kind of talk to us about like, we're not going to be specific. Family food dinner, imagine it, weeknight, craziness. What wines should you just have so that you're pretty sure something will match? And your guys, you're going to have to wait till the end of the episode because she totally nailed it and gave us a red, a white, a rosé to choose from. And a sparkling. A sparkling. And she had a sparkling suggestion too. But Megan, while we were just talking about that, you're never going to believe this. Okay. I am Googling like wines to pair with chicken nuggets and it totally... First of all, I'm shocked at how many people have written about this. <laughs> <laughs> Are you though? No, you though? not really, not really, not really. But it looks like it's exactly on point with Cachet's recommendations. Okay, which is? She nailed it. So for a white wine, one of the common recommendations is a Chenin Blanc. Yes, nice, okay. Nice, like crisp dry. I'm seeing don't choose an oaky wine. That'll just be too much for the chicken nugget. And for red, you want a California Pinot Noir. I mean, no spoilers, but I feel like Cache just really nailed it without us even having to be specific. Like, hey, what do we eat with leftover mac and cheese and chicken Yes, <laughs> totally. Here it says also, if the wine is red, be great if it's slightly chilled. That would up the ante and the snap factor, making your chicken nuggets even more zesty and cleansing. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally a quote from the Chicago Tribune. <laughs> okay. Can we, we should link to it Okay, in the show notes we so will. that everyone can enjoy. That's like some great writing. I love living. I'm living for it. I'm loving it. Okay, so that's sort of like we end with a little topper, what you should pair with chicken nuggets, but we're going to talk to Cache about it even more. Yes. And really talk to her about like how to choose a good wine for yourself on your budget if you don't know that much about wine, but you just want to kind of drink better. It is. And I say this, like, it's very... It's easy. Cache makes it easy to choose wine. So without further ado, we should introduce our wonderful guest, who is a lifestyle expert, content creator, TV personality, and business coach. Cache Jackson Henderson delivers real stories in vivid, interesting ways, sure to catch both your eyes and your hearts. She's based in Dallas, and she started her career in advertising before starting her then-hobby blog, The Cache Life, which is a fashionable lifestyle brand for the modern woman, complete with home and entertaining hacks, as well as advice for life's less glamorous moments. Cache has been featured on HuffPost, Better Homes and Gardens, Apartment Therapy, The New York Times. She was named a 40 Under 40 by the Sacramento Business Journal and a Better Homes and Gardens style maker in 2018. Welcome to the show, Cache. One of the things I absolutely adore about you and how you talk about wine is that it's very there's no pretense. It's very like you can be an expert, but it is like casual. It's no big deal. We're just talking about wine. But I think people get really intimidated by wine first, like the cost, and then there's so much of it. So like just right off the bat for someone who is like just getting into wine, maybe they like haven't really I'm like, who in our audience is not really into wine? Maybe they want to There's take someone it. Out there. There's someone out there that's not into it or is like, I yes, don't know what to yes. pick. Or, like yes, or 
I was going to say there are also those people, and I've been there at certain points in my life, still sometimes, where you're like, I really love wine and I buy wine, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yes. And like sometimes you get something good and you're so proud of yourself. And other times you're like, this is wine and I'm sad, but I'm going to drink it anyway. <laughs> because I'm sad. Because I'm sad that my wine <laughs> is shit. And so knowing yeah. like, how to choose better wine is like yes. such a great skill that exists on all these different levels. But like for entry point, Megan, I think is what you're getting at, right? Yeah. yeah. Like where do you suggest people start? Is it like a region? Is it a varietal? Is it something else like entirely? So I know this is probably like the worst answer, but I'm going to say you just kind of have to jump in. Like I quite literally did that. Um, I only recently did I start my wine education, but I truly learned by trying things. So if a friend had a bottle of wine open at their house or, you know, I worked in advertising, drinking is very much part of the culture. Like there's usually wine open at, you know, 3 p.m. and it keeps going like, oh, let me just have a sip of that. So I think there just is a natural curiosity that you have to have and you don't have to be good at it. You don't have to like it, but just try something like the sheer act of trying something will do wonders, I think, for you in life. To get specific about wine, many may say start off sweet, but I think that also might just turn you off of wine. Um, Totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah, because before I got a little bit more exploratory, like through like client dinners and things like, so I was like, I'll try Moscato. It's so good. And I'm like, it, it, it's not bad, but it, it's not my, it's not my go-to. I will still enjoy Moscato. I will have recipes with Moscato, but I don't think that's a good starting point. Um, there's so many other wines <laughs> that you can try that if you want to start more on the sweet side, you could try a Riesling or a Gewurztraminer. Like you can and work your way up to like a Viognier or a Chenin Blanc and then go all the way up to like a Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Grigio. That tends to be a little bit more on the drier side. So those are some options. When it comes to reds, people get very intimidated by them. Although I guess I didn't because I started out with a cab. <laughs> I love, yeah, hardcore. That's my favorite too. But like a red wine all day. tend to be on the drier side. But let's just say, you know, a red blend is a really great way to kind of get your feet wet in the red space. Um, Oftentimes those will have two to three different varietals in one. Um, You can see the percentages on a label and go from there. Uh, A Zinfandel is always a great place to start. If you are looking for something more sweet, maybe to pair with like some chocolate or something, a port of course can always be great. Okay. So on the tip, like on the sweet tip and not starting there, do you have the same, like, is the advice similar for someone who is thinking about the world of natural wine? Cause natural wine can be like all over the place and sometimes super funky. Is that a bad place to start? I wouldn't say it's a bad place to start at all. I mean, natural wine mostly speaks to the sustainability of how the wine was produced and also from like from vine all the way to bottle into glass, right? So yes. I think that there's this misconception, like, oh, it's natural wine, I can't drink. It's like, no, 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 no. Like you can drink natural and commercial. Um, the same, I would say rules apply for sure. Yeah. So it's something, it's just, it's just a label, you know, in a way. I mean, granted, there is some history behind that. And as you become more, I guess, exploratory on your wine tasting journey, like, Get curious, you know, Google some things. I mean, I love to use the Vivino app. I mean, okay, I use it more or less. My husband loves it. It's great. And I think you can, there's like levels to it. So here, as someone who might be a little bit more, you know, versed in wine or drinks wine and knows what they like, I just use Vivino to take pictures of the labels and things that I try. Yes. That's how Mike uses it too. Okay. We yeah, literally no. cannot go out to dinner without him pulling out his phone and I'll be like, oh, can you put your phone away? <laughs> and he's like, I'm just tracking wine. Please. Exactly. Leave me alone, woman. Right? Well, you, know, you want to remember what you had and you liked yes. what you had and you didn't like. So you don't buy yes. it again because we've done that. We've all done that before and be like, why did we do this? Yeah. You're like, oh, this label's familiar. And then you open it and you're like, oh, I remember why it's familiar because I hated it. Exactly. And like you can take Vivino and like if you're going to Trader Joe's or Whole Foods or any grocery store, any wine shop, just start taking pictures of the labels if you have no idea because what's going to happen is it's going to pop up um, a little bit about the wine what's in it, what other people are really saying about it beyond just winemaker tasting notes, and then make a decision from there. 
you know, I've had great bottles of wine too that have cost like $7. Okay. Oh, yeah. You don't need sure. to spend $48 on reserve Zinfandel. I mean, granted, that might be really good and for, you know, whatever occasion you want. But reserve typically is a winery or vintner like owned kind of term. So if you're just having that kind of everyday sipper, don't, if you're saving money, buy two bottles, just buy two, buy three. Yes. <laughs> don't spend all your money in one place. Didn't, didn't mom say that at one point? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to also talk about some language stuff because yes. I think jumping in and trying wine is definitely step one. But then there's also like, I feel like I had to learn some terms that helped me describe what I like. Mm -hmm. And it was funny that that was actually really hard for me, even as a food person who works on like tasting and thinking about flavor, it was a hard thing to do. And then I had to align my language a little bit with the wine industry so that right. I was using not anything technical, but like when I round like when I learned what that meant and yeah. that helped me describe to someone, well, I like a bold, fruity, but not sweet, round red wine. Like that started to change everything for me for because sure. I was able to articulate generally what I liked and then what I was trying fit the bill and I could start try things and build on nuance. Correct. So what kind of helps with that? And, you know, as someone who was always moving a mile a minute, I'm going to say, if you're enjoying wine, take your time. If you're trying to figure out what you like, take your time. Yes. Pop open the bottle and pour it in the glass and chug. I mean, yes. we have those days. Okay. But like, <laughs> if you can set a timer for maybe like five to 10 minutes, have like a little mommy moment, you know, wherever, just do what you need to do because you want to pour the glass of wine. There's a few ways that you can do it. I mean, you can figure out these terms by figuring out what it looks like when you first pour it in the glass. You can swirl it around and see what it does. Typically, you want to hold your glass of wine, no matter if it's white, red, or sparkling, up to something that's really like a light surface. So it could be like a piece of paper or white or paper towel. You're in the kitchen, right? Yes. And you're going to tilt your glass to kind of look at it against the white, and you can tell if it's full, like a fuller body one or not. So when you're swirling it and then that lets the aromas kind of come out, of course, you're not going to swirl too much, but you don't have to swirl it vigorously. Just like take your time, you know, almost like a, a recipe, right? That you're mixing. You don't want to over mix. You don't want to over swirl the wine. So with that, bury your nose in your glass and then that's where that aroma comes. So like you might like right now I'm smelling a little bit of berry. Okay. But sometimes you might smell some bark, some charcoal, you know, and then that might also say, okay, if I'm smelling something that's a little more charcoal, I mean, that's going to go great with barbecue. Or if it's more berry, then that can go maybe with some more like a roasted meat or mm -hmm. older flavors. Right. Um, when you're sipping, some say to take a sip and kind of close like your nose to see like what your palate does. Um, I typically don't have to do all of that to be able to tell if this is like a really dry or sweet wine. So I'll just take a quick sip. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I know. We are underprepared. I don't want to pierce your lips a little bit and like mm -hmm. roll the wine around and see how it feels. Like is your, is your mouth getting drier? Okay. That might be like a more tannic wine. So mm -hmm. that's really how you can tell and just write down what you're noticing. If you're noticing, oh, I like this, that this has berries. I like that it has a drier finish, right? And that it's um, medium body. Literally type that in Google and you can find some, some options and some varietal that you might like. If yeah. you really want to try more of like a red that might be more full body, but not super full, Pinot Noir is a really great go-to. Is there a list of vocabulary, like a short list? You don't have to list them all, but like if you're sipping a red, what are some words that you might have in your mind that you can kind of pluck from? Like, does this fit? Fruity. Fruity. Does it dry out your mouth? Like, that's yeah. a good prompt. Is it, is it drier? Is it juicy? Juicy is a good one. That kind of get makes you salivate a little bit. Um, yes. Truly. <laughs> yeah. Fruit forward is another 
were and that's something you can find in white wines too, even yes. sparklings. Um, if you've ever had maybe like a Pinot uh, Grigio or a Sauvignon Blanc, sometimes you might even get some tropical notes. You're like, how is there yes. in here? Um, <laughs> but it's in there. So yes, those are some things that you want. I've to also do. heard leather, yep. which I'm always like, I think that's not going to be for me. But well, leather and you mentioned charcoal smoke tobacco so i see that typically more in like a malbec or low garnacha like those are more i'd say fuller bodied reds okay yeah and what about white are there some white words i'm sorry i know i'm being so like literal in brass tacks but i have i actually carry around a little bit of um like an embarrassment that I'm such a food person who doesn't know nearly as much about wine as I feel like I should, especially given that I love wine. Yes. But I'm right. You too, Megan. Yes. I like have taken wine. Like I took wine classes in culinary school, which is probably like another embarrassing story for oh, another I'll time. After that one. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But my, I default because my husband was a server and a bartender for Mm -hmm. so long. I default to him choosing the wine for us. Like I will even sometimes call and be like, this is what I planned for dinner. What, what section of the wine shop should I look in? Like we can handle this, Megan. Yes. I, I, I know, but also I don't know. And here's the deal. I still get embarrassed. I'm still learning. Like, I don't think that it, you're, it's ever going to be, I guess, enough education because as more winemakers get like experimental with different mm-hmm. brands, blends and different methods of making wine, like from barrel to stainless steel, like there's so, there's so much. So yes. nothing's embarrassing. Like, I think if yeah. you can just shed the shame, then we yes. can, you know, go through the aisle and just with confidence. So yeah, I like that too, because there really is like an establishment in a way that like food had for a while, like this idea that French food was the pinnacle mm-hmm. and that, you know, you had to know like the master sauces and like these techniques right? and food was, you know, relegated to a certain like class of people knew mm-hmm. what food was about. Wine still feels like something that's like a little bit there. I know that that's breaking down a lot, but it's funny that even people like who drink wine and are willing to spend some money on wine and have right. like food industry privilege, that's a thing no, like you totally. are still like intimidated. No, yes. it's very intimidating. It, it can be, but it, I think the more we're talking about it in very, you know, yes. casual terms, it does help. So I'm, I'm happy you asked about the white wine terms. Like if you are thinking about that, it's, I think fruit forward can go across the board, right? You can tell that upon first whiff. Is it dry? Is it sweeter? Um, is it buttery? Sometimes you would say that could be from a Chardonnay, yes. but it can also buttery. be from yes. like a Pinot Gris. It doesn't always have to be a Chardonnay that's buttery. Is it oaky? Um, that's mm-hmm. another one. But I think, you know, there, and because there's certain white wines, like you want to have very chilled and then some that really open up for you mm. as you're enjoying them too. So this is a little bit, it's not off topic. It's not wine. Uh, yeah. If you have something that is a little bit like I'd say served cold. So like a white wine or maybe a sparkling, don't open it straight out of the refrigerator. Maybe have it sit out for like 10 minutes on the counter. Let it just kind of chill, chill on the counter. De chill, I guess is what I should really I didn't say. know that. Rest. I should say rest. Yes. A temper temper might be the technical term. Like Thank you. you temper you temper ice homemade ice cream or like super high quality ice creams, you know they can be like rock hard out of the freezer. Correct. You take them out and temper them for ten minutes at room temperature and then they're like such a delightful texture and flavor. I from love that. that. Thank you. Word of the week, folks. Temper. <laughs> <laughs> but say, but so flip that with the red wine. Pop your yeah. pinot in the fridge for ten to fifteen minutes before dinner that i did know and that i feel like a lot of people don't know yeah yeah game changer okay (laughs) a game changer are there only certain types of red wines that you should maybe give a little chill before serving honestly i would chill them all i mean i have a wine refrigerator i Mm -hmm. and i actually store white and red together now if i were fancy and had dual temp i might have all my white yes. ready to drink temp and then yes. have my reds cold i keep mine at 53 degrees so my whites and sparklings need to go in the fridge for a little bit and my reds need to ch- 
temper for a bit as well. So that's a good temp to, to store at. Yes, that's so great. Also, like noting that you live in Texas. So for the most part, I know that there's there are freezes and snows and all that. But like <laughs> you are being you're being a lot more conscious of like your general room temperature and not just storing your wine like out on a bar, which I actually think is a really great tip for anyone who's like starting to b- collect wine, buy wine, like how you store it is going to impact for sure how it tastes. And even if you don't have a wine fridge, just get a little rack. I, I would definitely say put the bottles on their side, keep them out of the light. Um, that will definitely yeah. affect everything. Do not keep, oh, summer, summer tip. I know it's not summer right now, but do not keep your wine in the car. <laughs> yeah that sounds like a ask me how i know type of story it's not gonna be the same wine and you definitely don't want to do that obviously with sparkling too but like any varietal like you just you don't want to do that so yeah um i would even say if you're driving and it's a hot day and you maybe have your stuff in the trunk don't put the wine in the trunk it is going to mess with the integrity of your wine that's why a lot of um Shepherd, I, and I notice this even more so living in Texas. I have a lot of California wine clubs that I still belong to, mm-hmm. and they won't even ship me wine during certain summer months because yes. of Whoa. the temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And like, you can be in like a refrigeration situation for a while. Yeah. They're like, nope, we'll, we'll double you up next time. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is smart. It like keeps the integrity of the wine. I have noticed, and maybe this is more true of some natural wines I've had recently, that some makers will put on the bottle like suggested serving temperatures. Yes. Which I feel like is so genius. But can we talk like so can we talk about label decoding? Because I remember you never asked. <laughs> when I was in culinary school, everyone again, granted, this is like 15 years ago, everyone was like never judge a bottle of wine by the label. Like you shouldn't just buy things because you like the label. And I feel like over the last decade, at least that has changed like that sort of advice where now I would feel more confident going in and being like, well, I know this is like a Spanish red blend. I like it. And I like the label. So like it is, I am going to buy it (laughs) based on the label. So what is advice about buying based on the label and then what can we learn from looking at the label as well sure so i'm going to give you kind of like a technical response and then like that cachet response so the first cachet yes. response is that i judge books and wines by their covers and their labels but i think <laughs> because my background is rooted in branding and marketing and i, I knew you were going to say that yes right yes like you've got the foil on their label who's got a cutout that's just kind of interesting you know different corkage, you know, because screw tops are actually really great. There used to be this old myth that yes. top wine was like bad wine or cheap wine. And that's not the case. I mean, this is, this bottle is over $20 and it's got a screw top. Okay. But it's because of the way it was produced. So I do judge a little bit, but again, I'm looking for something different when it comes to yes. what I'm going to sip. I'm looking at varietal. I'm looking at the year and I'm looking at the region. So. Let's just use this one as an example for those who cannot see. This is a Sean Minor 2018 Pinot Noir. <laughs> um, and you see it very clearly on the label. So the producer is Sean Minor. There yep. is the name. There is the logo. Not everyone has a logo, but they have a nice mark. Um, it says the year right there. So you know um, which year <laughs> was harvested. Um, and the varietal, which is Pinot Noir. Um, something else- varietal is is synonymous with grape grape type yes grape type yes okay something that and also location is usually on the label so sometimes it's just kind of blank i'll say blank it's a little more generic and just might say california or oregon or they could even get specific to what ava it's from so this one is from jayhant ava this is a different wine that i'm now talking about but giving an example of so they're it will always tell you somewhere on the label. If you're geeky about it, Google it. You can find out more about it, but it's just where the grapes were grown. This is a Sonoma Coast Pinot, if I'm going back to the Sean Minor. It's gotten even as specific to tell me what vineyard and a grape producer it came from. And for wine nerds, I'll say that really probably <laughs> means something. But I know that I love Oregon Coast and Sonoma Coast Pinots. You can't go wrong 
with an Oregon Pinot or a Sonoma Coast Pinot. I'm just telling y'all now. Um, so <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I've heard of this. Uh, so it says so on the back as well. All this information is on the back in case a wine producer has a fancy label on the front and it just says their name and what type. You can always flip around the back and find the same kind of information. Some other things you might find on the back now that people really like with food, they want to know where their wine comes from, how it was produced, you know, all of that. So this actually tells us a little bit soil type and when these vines were planted even. Wow. Right. So that's too much information for me, but I love that it's there. So it's there. You want to know and it's like, take what you need and leave the rest. So like the front might be enough right here for someone. Yes. But again, if you do care that it was uh, planted in 1999, then, you know, we can go from there. I remember what the weather was like as a Californian, what it was like in Northern California in 1999. We used to get a ton of rain in California. Yeah. We don't really get that as much as we want. So yeah. anyway, it's all good. So all of that, like the, when it was, when the grapes were grown, what varietal of grape it is, what the weather might've been like the year that something was produced, all of that impacts taste. And that's why that information lives on the label. That right? is exactly why it lives on the label. What I'm finding now is a lot of the white reds that you can get your hands on in 2022 are usually 2018 in 2017, 2019 bottles. And that has to do with the aging of the wine too. Before we keep talking to Cachet about our favorite subject wine, let's hear from this week's sponsor. Megan, a lot has changed since my boys started solids, but one thing hasn't. Parents are always looking for delicious options that deliver the most nutrition as affordably as possible. We all want what's best for our kids which is why we're so thrilled to share Amara Organic Foods. Their baby foods deliver all of the taste, textures, and nutrients of fresh purees with the convenience of an on-the-go powder. Yes, powder. Amara is a small company making big changes in the baby food space. When founder Jessica realized that by removing the water content from fresh foods, she could retain all of their nutrients and flavor without having to boil them to death, she partnered with an infant nutritionist to turn these super powders into a less processed, more affordable baby food option. You just add water, breast milk, or formula to your Amara baby food powder, mix, and serve. This allows you to customize the texture of your baby's meal, which is ready in seconds. All of this and Amara is 100% organic, non-GMO, and plant-based without any added preservatives or sugars. In fact, Amara has 50% less natural sugar than leading brands and still costs less than $2 a meal. It's no wonder that Amara was voted best baby food by the bump, good housekeeping, and what to expect. Learn more at amaraorganicfoods.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and get 25% off their online shop using our exclusive code FEEDU25. That's FEEDU25 for 25% off any purchase at amaraorganicfoods.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short, or didn't I just feed you? So I'm going to bring it back to like the, the newbie, just for the newbies out there, that you start slow, you start taking some notes, you start tracking. And you discover, oh, every time I have an Oregon Pinot Noir, you know, I like it. Maybe some I like a seven, some I like a nine, but Mm -hmm. like that's in the range. So now I can use that to go into the store and look specifically for an Oregon Pinot. Exactly. And that's going to be front and center on the label. Exactly. And like that becomes a new entree into figuring out what I want to pick up and buy. Exactly. And again, this is why I think in the beginning, you really need to take it slow so that you can pick up those aromas and you can see if it's maybe fuller bodied or not, because I will say maybe if you're not going to like a store like Kroger, but if you're going to like a total wine or even a Trader Joe's or a wine shop, there's a little more information on the, um, I guess the shelf talker. So it might say a juicy fruit forward Pinot. You're like, boom, I know I like those. Let me grab that. Yeah. So you'll start to build up your wine confidence that way. But like, again, taking that time to really go through the sipping process and know, and being able to write down some notes truly helps. It seems like a lot of an investment, but honestly, that 10 minute can save you so much money in time. Plus 
you'll like be delighted by the wine that you're actually joint, you know, yes. enjoying. And then you'll be the one taking dinner. Oh, I love this Pinot. I drink it with <laughs> the other. Oh, you have to have it. Oh, and you know what? Did you, I and I looked this up. Did you know the winemaker went to you know Stanford with us too? Like you yeah. know, <laughs> find out. Who knows? Yeah. You're in a whoever's listening. You're an aspiring like wine snob, okay? Like it, yes. it's it's coming, and again, it's so helps make it approachable. Is that we're talking about it, you know? And this is exactly how Megan and I approach food. You're so reminding me of us when it comes to food that it's like just jump in and do it. Like yes, you'll fail. Like we fail all the time, but just go slow, pay attention, build your confidence, and then the more you build your confidence in the kitchen the more you're going to start to riff, the more you're going to start to know, like, no, that's not the kind of recipe that works for me. I can tell. So I'm not even going to waste my time with it, but this one, and you start to make better choices over time just by paying attention to what works. Exactly. And like, it all sort of builds on itself. It's not magic. Like the three of us weren't born with some like culinary and wine magic. Yes. (laughs) Like that just sparked. And like, it was this process of paying attention learning what works and building confidence. Absolutely. And I think, again, you said it, it's building confidence, but it is through paying attention because here are some things I noticed in the early days. I was starting to try Sauvignon Blanc. So I'll back up a little bit. Again, I talked about the beginnings of this happening in the ad world and at work and wine was open. I actually worked on wine accounts as an account manager. So this was through, it was like E&J Gallo Winery. They own a ton of labels, some you wouldn't even know that they own. Okay. But particular brand that I was working on at the time was like, was barefoot. Um, so that's a very approachable entry level wine. Um, I'll say accessible too. And I say entry level because you can try a lot of them and not break the bake and kind of get an idea of like, Oh, I'm a red person. I'm a white person or whatever. The advantage to working at least at the time (laughs) was that sometimes we would go on site to Modesto for meetings and you'd be able to try and have access to so many other wines. So if you were maybe going with your client to like a shop or something, like you were able to, you know, get a significant savings perhaps, depending on what might be, you know, on special. So I was able to try a bunch of different Sauvignon Blancs. I knew I had one at the office and I'm like, I'm going to buy three. Turns out I liked New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. So I'm like, that's something that I stick with. Also, spoiler alert, cachet. That's where a lot of them come from, (laughs) right? Again, novice, you learn, you know, and then you also try different regions. Yes. Um, You know, California's got some great ones too. Love them. Um, But that's the way to think about it. You know, you can also think about, I know some really great brute rosés, sparkling rosés come out of South Africa. Okay. When we're talking about sparkling wine versus champagne, I mean, you don't always have to break the bank and get some yes. champagne reason, region. Granted, I do. I like both. I keep both in the house. But pretty much anything that's not made in Champagne, France, but is sparkling wine cannot be called champagne. So it has to be called sparkling wine. Oftentimes it is. In, uh, like it is a French wine that's sparkling. It might be a, a Cremant. And it is based on Cremant de whatever region it was in. So it might be the Loire Valley. And that can either be like a sparkling brute or a brute rosé, whatever. If you like more zippier sparkling wines, then you might want to try a Spanish cava. You know, there are things that you kind of pick up along the way. (laughs) Prosecco, Italian. So those are ways that you can start to build that little database of, okay, I know I like them from these places or I've tried these things. So, and making that, again, that little list. Or again, Vivino, holler at me. But um, <laughs> you know, and just start tracking that stuff too. Yes, I'm gonna download it. I also want to write a permission slip, which is something I do often on "Didn't I Just Feed You," to say that the world of wine can be overwhelming. And so, like after you've sort of waded in or jumped right in, and you find some things that you do love, it is fruitful and can be like really helpful to just go down that like if you love sparkling wine like you could just get into sparkling wine and your friends are still going to be super impressed when you bring a favorite bottle and you can talk about it because that's like what you've specialized in for us it's definitely like spanish reds and Mm -hmm. i can like get into them and always know that i'm going to go to the grocery store or the wine shop and like grab a spanish red and be pretty happy with what i pick yep 
and you could do like one variety, like one varietal for a little bit of time and then dive into something else. So you like yeah. add depth to your wine education Absolutely. by being focused. I also feel like going to a wine shop. I mean, I love that Trader Joe's and Costco and some supermarkets have wines available and even like a pretty huge range, but I, this might be regional too. I know not everybody lives very conveniently located near uh, independently owned wine shop sure. that has like wine uh, geeks working there. Mm -hmm. But I live in Brooklyn, New York. And so there are a ton around and I have learned so much just by walking to my local wine shop and just talking to the person yeah. who works there. And being like, can you tell me about this? Like, what's going on here? What's going on there? I am Greek and I went to Greece a couple of years ago. And Greek wines have a terrible reputation, right? Well, she but, oh, I yeah. have, so I went to a Greek wine tasting recently at a wine shop paired with oysters. And I was like, this is yes. the ultimate pairing. I bought a bottle. I'm not opening it actually until I have some really great seafood to enjoy it with. But yes, the Greek wines are amazing. So I, this is what I learned. He was like, actually, that's old news that it's all Ritzina and that it's all garbage. Ritzina is like a kind of table wine that's ubiquitous in Greece that mm -hmm. is considered like kind of a trashy, like overly sweet wine. Actually, he showed me a Ritzina that had this like really great like pine tar flavor. So not only are people, they making better Ritzinas, but they're also like experimenting with all these other varietals. I would have never, ever known had I not gone and just been like, hey, what's up? <laughs> well, see, that's kind of what happens too, right? Because now, granted, kind of same story. Again, Greek wines, Greek tasting, but it was a mailing list for the wine shop. And they were yes. like, hey, we have the producer coming. Da, 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 da. A friend of mine told me about it. Um, God bless her. Um, but even it's almost like even if you may not be centrally located to maybe a wine shop, if honestly just get on someone's mailing list, like that's independently owned, like here in Dallas, it's neighborhood seller in Sacramento, do good news wine. Like just go get on their mailing list because they're going to tell you what to get. Yep. They might even be able to ship it to you and you can go from there. We'll have to make sure we, we hook everybody who's listening up with that because there is kind of that, that insider information. And also, let's say you were somewhere else, um, maybe traveling, visiting family, you move locations, whatever, and you've been trying to find this wine at any store you can and you can't find it, go to the small stores. Because oftentimes, you may be able to track down who distributes it and you can just get it there. Like, they'll get it to you. So, like, it's a win-win. Like, you're supporting a small business, you get the wine you really like. Ooh. Yeah. And even more so, like now you can find the makers and sometimes order directly from them, exactly. them depending on like where they're located and where right. you're located. Also, some wine clubs will send you information about the wine and you can learn about it. So my husband's part of one that's local to New York City. And they send out a card. We have a stack of cards, a huge stack of cards because <laughs> he loves reading about them and he's learned so much. They send just like unique, interesting wines. Mm -hmm. But there are nationwide wine clubs that do this too. But I guess it really comes back to this, like getting curious. Like if you really care about wine and you want to like do a little better, or know a little more, just being curious and slowing down, paying attention and experimenting a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Fun. Okay. One last question. I can't believe we I didn't know. make I you play. Like, I know. I'm like, I can't believe we didn't make you play Kiss Mary Kill with wine varietals. But oh man, like I want to be helpful to our listeners instead and say, okay, weeknight dinner. What are like the top three? You can choose like either varietal or maker or something else. Like okay. what? What are you, what should our listeners shop for, for weeknight dinner, cooking and drinking wine? Okay, here we go. So <laughs> for me, I'm going Pinot for a red. It goes just with so much. You could have it with salads. You can have it with pizza and burgers. You can have it with a roast. Okay. Or, okay. or you know, anything you want. So there's that. If you are still getting into reds, I would maybe try a blend. Okay. Sort, okay. Maybe have majorities in Findel. Figure that one out for yourself. If you nice. Will. But again, okay. go that way. If you're thinking about a white wine, I would say maybe a Chenin Blanc. 
Mm, I love um, that. If you're going to do a Chardonnay, maybe one that wasn't um, coming from an oak barrel, maybe stainless steel. Um, I have not really been a, a Chardonnay fan over the years because they've been kind of too buttery and oaky for me, but yeah. they are really nice to pair with meals. Um, and that is kind of, I'd say, a year round thing. Chenin Blanc, I do gravitate more towards uh, in like warmer weather. But again, don't underestimate too. I will say in winter, everyone who's listening, rosé goes yes. well too. And I would enjoy it more in winter. Um, you you can pretty, I would say it's comparable to Pinot Noir in the way that you can drink it kind of with everything. Mm-hmm. But I do especially love it with maybe some seed too. Yeah. Sparkling, I'm going to say, ooh. I mean, I drink sparkling more than anything, honestly. Lately, I've been drinking a lot of sparkling lately. I've been drinking a lot of sparkling. Um, I've totally. been in a Blanc de Blanc land for whatever reason. Um, Brute Rosé, though, is my thing. So I always have a bottle in the house no matter what. But if you're thinking about pairing with food, I'm going to go Prosecco. It can handle the spice a little bit. It can kind of cut the spice a little bit, you know, and really enhance some of that flavor. Um I have a uh, shrimp pasta that I shared recently on Instagram. Magnifique. Okay. Like it's great. So um, don't just involve it for a special occasion. Like every day that we get to live and breathe a special occasion, open a bottle. You can find a great one under $15 and be satisfied. Okay. But those will be my top three. Did everyone get that? I said, yeah, I wrote it all down (laughs) for sure. Put it in show notes for people uh, so that they can find you and also find your wine recommendations. I feel like saying every night deserves a special bottle of wine or every day is worth celebrating is the perfect place to end. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. This was fantastic. Yes, and it will ha- we're going to need you to come back because this is just like covering the basics and we know we 100%. can go like so much deeper. So many more questions. Let's do it. Maybe <laughs> we'll go through like the whites, the reds, and then the sparklings. Yes. I be around the world with sparkling. That would be so fun. You don't realize how much time you just signed up to think out. <laughs> I don't think you understand how much I enjoy this. And yes. it's going to be great. So I really appreciate yes. you having me and cheers. 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 You know what this whole conversation has got me thinking about? My what? wheels churning it out. What? Uh, wine clubs. Wine clubs. Yes. And mail order wine also. Okay. So do you actually belong to a wine club? I do not belong to a wine club. I've never actually been in a wine club. We had a great, when we lived in Boise, we had a great relationship with one of our favorite bars. And I would buy, I would be like, here's my budget. Here's how many bottles I want. And they would deliver that wine to me. But it's not, I don't think, I think of a wine club as like, you drink the wine together and talk about it a little bit. Oh, I meant, okay. So I was thinking wine subscription. Oh, yeah. Okay, so wine club, no. A wine club would be fun. I like the idea yeah. of getting together and trying. I've done wine tastings with friends, and I did a beer tasting once, too. That was really fun because I actually know zero about beer. But it is really fun to taste something with other people and realize how much variation there is yeah. between what you experience and what other people experience on their palate. And okay, everyone but- is so different. Yeah, so yeah. I've done... Okay, one... We have to do a beer episode now, I feel like. If we're going to get into wine, yes. we got to get, like, specific about beer. I literally know nothing, though. I really, like, Brian has gotten me into drinking beer, and there's, like, some stuff I really enjoy, but I would always love to learn more. Second, I have done wine subscription before through okay. the company Wink. Oh, yes. Yes, which is very cool because we now have an affiliate partnership with them. And so they have an offer exclusive for Didn't I Just Feed You listeners who might want to try it. Have you ever done meal order subscription wine? No. So Mike actually knows about Wink. I told him, I was like, oh, like I want to try Wink. And he's like, oh yeah, I looked at it. But he was actually before, like when he was looking at different options, because he loves wine and he loves learning about wine. Like that's a big thing for him is actually learning. And someone gifted him at some point in the pandemic a I mentioned it when we were talking to Cachet. Like yeah. he gets three wines a month. They're like unique, handpicked from a local place and it comes with a printout that he learns more about the wine and the region and what's interesting about the winemaker. And so that 
is has kept going. When that ends, we were going to move over to Wink because why wouldn't we? But you've done it before. Yeah, it's very cool. cool. You take like a taste quiz, sort of like if you've ever done any of those like online bra fittings or like skin (laughs) So they ask you questions about your palate and then they hand select four bottles of wine to send to you. Okay. But you also get to preview the wines that they've chosen for you. So you can always like make swaps and say like, oh, I don't want any whites this month or I want all sparkling this month. And they just started because they produce all the wines that they distribute. They also just started producing sake, which I am very excited to try. Yes. Right. Like a true expansion of wine. So I think you should try it with me and we should yes. get our listeners to try it with us because we have a super awesome deal. Wink is offering listeners of this podcast an amazing deal, four bottles for just $29.95 and free yes, shipping. Baby. Go to wink.com slash D-I-J-F-Y. That's wink, I-N-C dot com slash d-i-j-f-y which you know is short for didn't i just feed you and then maybe we can have like our own wine club. community wine club yes i love it i love it our community is the best i love can it can i tell you something mike had Please. to tell me that w-i-n-c stood for wine club C, oh, uh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> I, was like, I thought it was like wink, like I know. So did I. Well, I guess I'm winking on that. To, I'm winking to my podcast mic as if it can <laughs> hear that. Also, just oh like wink with a C for no reason. Like I don't know, but <laughs> I was like, uh, oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Anyway, um, so there you go. It sounds like we each need to go and have a glass of wine. Does it? It sounds like we've already have, <laughs> even though we haven't. <laughs> so meet us in our Didn't I Just Feed You community and tell us if you'd like to join our wine club that we're just starting. It might just be Stacy. We hope that you've joined us there. And if not, join for free at didn't I just feed you.com backslash community. Or if you want those bonus episodes, that big giveaway that's coming up between our supporting community. You can also keep in touch with us on Instagram where we are at didn't I just feed you or by signing up for our newsletter. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you're already a subscriber, we're not going to ask you for a reading or a review this week. We're going to ask you a different big favor, which is, will you please share Didn't I Just Feed You with someone you know who might need us in their ears every week? I or bet just you can like think us. a busy home cook who needs some inspiration, a busy parent who's tired of making lunchboxes. You know we're going to take good care of them here. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review.